Well, good morning. It is really good to be with you this morning, and we're just going to jump right into our Project 6K update, because I know a lot of you are anxious as we're rapidly approaching the 6,000 point. Um, so Project 6K, for those of you who do not know, is our Bible reading challenge here at Netherwood Park Church of Christ. We have challenged ourselves as a body here to read at least 6,000 books of the Bible in 2016, and to date we have read... 5,908, so close that we can taste it. So I fully anticipate us going past the 6K mark next week. We'll have a lot to say about that next week, but keep reading, keep immersing yourself in God's Word, keep reporting those results, and we'll be celebrating, I think, next week, crossing the 6K, the 6K, I don't think it's a barrier, 6K mark. Um, as we'll go along from there. And then also next week we'll be talking about what we can do. Uh, We're going to call it the sprint to the finish. We're going to really encourage everybody who um, hasn't been participating in the 6K Challenge to take on a challenge over the last three months of this year and read the New Testament through in those 90 days. So please be looking forward to that and be in prayer about that as well. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for... Your word. And Father, I thank you for the way that your word works on us and is written in our hearts and transforms our lives. And Father, I am also deeply grateful and mindful this morning of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. The only sacrifice, Father, that could bring the dead to life. Father, help us to be people who live our lives dead to sin, but alive to Christ. We pray this through his name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to begin a new sermon series. We're calling this sermon series, The New Me. And over the next five weeks, we'll be looking at the strong and the compelling and the inviting image presented in the Bible of being born again in Jesus Christ of becoming a new creation through Jesus Christ, of living a new life through Jesus Christ. And while this imagery is found throughout the Bible, it's the Apostle Paul who is the one who particularly grabs hold of the image and presents it to Christians as this idea that they can be set free from their old lives to live new lives in Jesus Christ. It's Paul who tells us that Jesus makes it possible for there to actually be a new me. A new me. We understand the appeal of that concept, don't we? The appeal of being able to start over. The appeal of a new and improved version of the old me. In fact, I believe that the new me, the promise of a new me, has something that's a very strong, a very strong appeal to almost everyone. And don't think that business people and marketers haven't noticed the appeal of the new me. In fact, our a desire, the appeal to our desire for a new me is a multi-billion dollar enterprise in America. Consider with me just a few examples. Did you know that there were an estimated 15.9 million surgical and minimally invasive cosmetic procedures performed in the U.S. in 2015? 15.9 million. 
Don't like your old nose? We'll give you a new nose. You don't like your old lips? We'll give you a new lips. Don't like the old me? We'll give you a new me. Or how about this one? Did you know that 55 million Americans have a gym membership? And it's estimated that about 11 million actually use those gym memberships. And what's the marketing focus of the gyms? And we'll be seeing it as the new year approaches. Don't like your old belly? We'll we'll give you new rock-hard abs. Don't like your old legs? Well, we'll give you new thinner thighs. Don't like the old me? We'll give you a new me. Or listen to this one. Did you know that Americans spend over $60 billion annually on cosmetics? Don't like your old face? We'll give you a new face. Don't like the old me? We'll give you a new me. And what's true of our physical condition is also true of our spiritual condition. Part of the appeal of Christianity is the promise of a new spiritual me. And the promise of a new me is appealing because we know all about the old me. We know all about how we have messed up in the past. We know all about the people that we have hurt. We know all about the damage that our words have inflicted on other people. We know all about the darkness of our thoughts. We know how selfish we have been. We know how disobedient we have been. We know how sinful we have been. And that's why the promise of a new spiritual me holds such great appeal to us. That's why the biblical image of a new spiritual me is so strong and so compelling and so inviting. We want a new me. We want to leave the old behind. We want to experience what the Bible promises to those who are in Christ. We want what Paul writes about in his letter to the church in Corinth and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We want that new creation. We want the old to be gone. We want the new to come. We want the new me. We want what Paul wrote about in his letter to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 2. He said, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We want that new life. We want a new me. Paul continues the new me theme in verse 5 of Romans chapter 6. And he says this. He says, if we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. 
Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And then Paul says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We want to be dead to sin. We want to be alive to God in Christ Jesus. We want that new me. We want to be able to say what Paul said to the Galatian Christians in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. We want to crucify that old me. We want to have Christ living in us. We want the new me. We want things to be different. We want things to be new. We want to experience the kingdom of God in this life. We want what Jesus talked about when he said in John chapter 3 and verse 3. He said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. See, we don't want to just be described as born-again Christians. We want to truly be born again. We want that new me. I want that. I want there to be a new me. Don't you want that? Don't you want there to be a new you? I'm sure that we all want that. But I'm also sure that many of us, maybe even most of us, often read those new me scriptures and wonder, why does this me not feel very new? Why does this me seem an awful lot like the old me? I'm sure that many of us, maybe even most of us, read those new me scriptures and wonder, Why didn't everything change when I came out of the water? Why do I still have those same doubts and fears? Why do I still mess up? Why do I still hurt the people I love? Why do I still have those same dark thoughts? Why am I still so selfish? Why am I still so disobedient? Why am I still so sinful? Why does the new me not feel very new? Why didn't everything change when I came out of the water? And the answer is, everything did change when you came out of the water. And the answer is, nothing changed when you came out of the water. Everything changed and nothing changed when you came out of the water. So how's that possible? Well, let me try to explain how that is possible. When you were baptized with Christ, when you were baptized into Christ, when you participated in, when you joined in his death and his burial and his resurrection, everything 
changed. And that change was immediate. And the change wasn't in how you felt. The change was in how you were seen. The change was in how you were seen by your God. You were seen by your God as the new you. No longer corrupt. No longer condemned. No longer dead in your sin. No, instead you came out of the water and God saw you purified. He saw you cleansed. He saw you redeemed. He saw you sanctified. He saw you righteous. He saw you saved. He saw you alive. Alive in Christ Jesus. Paul beautifully described the way that God saw you when you came out of the water this way in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. He said, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. We came out of the water clothed with Christ. So God no longer saw our past. He no longer saw the old me. He saw the new me, clothed with Christ, dressed with Christ. He looked on us and saw his children. He looked on us and he saw his son. Everything changed in God's eyes when we came out of the water, and that change was immediate. But nothing changed when we came out of the water. Nothing changed because we brought our old minds and we brought our old flesh out of the water with us. You see, Jesus' blood washed away our sins, but it didn't wash away our selfishness or our pride or our anger or our jealousy or our lusts. See, we brought all of that old me stuff out of the water with the new me. See, the change that we experienced in God's eyes was immediate. But the change we have to experience in order to realize, in order to grab hold of the new me we were always intended to be, also requires ongoing change. Yes, everything changed when we came out of the water. And nothing changed. And that's why we are all, each and every one of us, renewal projects. See, Paul not only talked about the immediate change we experience when we come out of the water, Paul also talks about the ongoing change, the ongoing renewal, the ongoing transformation that must take place as we live life on the other side of the water. Once more in Romans, this time in chapter 12 and beginning in verse 2, Paul tells the church in Rome that they must not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of their minds. And it's then that they'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasant, and perfect will. See, as we live our lives on the other side of the water, change takes place. Transformation takes place as we renew our minds. We're all renewal projects. 
writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, Paul says that we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. See, as we live our lives on the other side of the water, we not only reflect the glory of our Lord, we're to be continually transformed more and more into his likeness. We're all renewal projects. Everything about us should be changing. Everything about us should be renewing. Everything about us should be transforming as we live our lives on the other side of the water. Just listen to Paul talk about life on this side of the water. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 16, he says, We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And then in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9, he says, You have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And then in Titus chapter 3, Paul says, When the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the same hope of eternal life. It's ongoing change. It's this ongoing change, this ongoing transformation, this ongoing renewal on this side of the water that we're going to focus on over the next few weeks. And we're going to focus on the renewal project that must be taking place in our lives because I think we often lose sight of the fact that transformation in our lives is not only possible, transformation is expected Transformation in our lives is expected by our God. And it's not just any transformation. God's expectation is that the ongoing change in our lives, the ongoing renewal in our lives, the ongoing transformation in our lives on this side of the water will lead us to look more and more like the life lived by our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we draw to the close of today's lesson and as we look forward to the next four weeks talking about the new me, I want all of us to walk out of here holding on to three simple truths. Three simple truths and one simple admonition. So truth number one. I want us to all grab hold of the truth that it is actually possible for each and every one of us to be transformed so that the new me looks like Jesus. And it looks like Jesus in this life. Transformation from the old me to a new me that looks more and more like Jesus is possible 
And it's possible in this life. Which leads us to truth number two. Because transformation into the image of Jesus Christ is possible in this life, the new me isn't just a future promise. You know, we love to sing songs about heaven, don't we? And those songs are beautiful, and those songs are reassuring, and those songs are comforting. And they remind us that someday... On the other side of the grave, someday God will redeem all of creation. He'll make everything in this fallen world perfect once again. But we need to remember that life on this side of the water was never intended to be spent just looking ahead to life on the other side of the grave. That's not what this life is about. The new me is a present promise. It's a this life promise. Which brings us to truth number three. When we were baptized, when we came out of the water, we weren't given a life jacket to just keep us afloat until Jesus comes again. See, we didn't come out of the water to be told to just hang on. Just keep your nose just above the water line. Just hold on. Just hold on until Jesus comes again. No, we came out of the water to live abundant lives. We came out of the water to live fruitful lives. We came out of the water to lead joyous lives. We came out of the water to live changed and renewed and transformed lives. We came out of the water to live lives that look like the life that Jesus lived. And Jesus certainly wasn't just hanging on until the end. And that brings us to the simple admonition for today. So listen to this carefully. Don't miss the glory of the present while looking forward to the glory of the future. Don't miss the glory of life on this side of the water because you spent all of your time looking forward to life on the other side of the grave. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. We're going to talk about grabbing hold of the glory of the present. About grasping the glory of life on this side of the water. We're going to talk about how we can actually be transformed into Jesus' likeness in this life. So what we're going to do next week is we're going to focus on the importance of being immersed in the transforming power of God's word. And in particular, we're going to focus on the importance of being immersed in the transforming words of Jesus So we'll talk about how the new me is fed by the word. And then we'll shift our focus. And we'll shift our focus to the fact that we haven't been left alone in this life. What we'll do is we'll focus on and celebrate the fact that God has given us the Holy Spirit. And that God has given us each other. And that both the Spirit and the church are vital transforming agents in our lives, in this life. 
So first we'll talk about how the new me is animated, how it is given life by the Spirit. And then we'll consider how the new me is built up by the family, by the church. And then we'll end this short series talking about identity. We'll look at how we can actually recognize the new me. About how we can tell that change and renewal and transformation has actually taken place in our lives. We'll end by recognizing that the new me reflects Jesus Christ living in me. So I want to end by giving Paul the final words. From Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Take these as words of encouragement to us. Paul says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So may it be said about us that our lives on this side of the water were lived in love. May it be said about us that our lives on this side of the water were lived in love just as Christ loved us and just as Christ gave himself up for us. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled by Christ's love. We're humbled that he gave himself up for us. And Father, we want to be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to you. So Father, help us to live our lives in love just as Christ loved us. Father, help us to give ourselves up for our brothers and sisters and for others who are in need just as Christ gave himself up for us. And may our lives be an offering and sacrifice that are pleasing to you. We pray this through the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So let me say, if you are here and you're ready to begin living life on this side of the water, if you're ready for a changed life, if you're ready for a renewed life, if you're ready for a transformed life, if you're ready to live a life fed by God's word, a life animated by his spirit, a life built up by this church family. If you're ready to live a life as a new you, a new you that reflects Jesus Christ, we'd really like to talk to you about how that kind of life is possible through Jesus Christ, and it's possible in this life. So if you want to know more about new me living in Jesus Christ... Won't you let us know so we can help? You can let us know in a few different ways. We're going to stand in just a moment. We're going to sing a song that we call an invitation song. You can walk to the front during that song and let us know that, that you want to live as a new me. If you're not comfortable walking to the front and in the front of this group of people, there's a private way that you can do that. One of our elders and his wife are in our library. They're waiting there for you to come and talk to them about living as a new you. You can make your way to the back, ask for directions to the library, and and they would love nothing more than to talk to you about that. 
Or you can pick up one of those green prayer request cards and you can write on there, please contact me because I want to live as a new me. Give us your phone number and we'll contact you within the next day or two to talk to you about how that is actually possible in this life. So won't you let us know what your need is while we stand together and we sing and we celebrate the blood that makes a new me actually possible. Let's stand. Let's sing. Say you're like a shepherd.